what is happening my friends what is happening what is happening welcome 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 to another great episode here uh at the Arrington gavin podcast that's right this is the show where you get to kick back and enjoy a great combo with your homie your bro uh i'm your guy Arrington gavin uh you can tune into new episodes every monday wednesday and friday uh, and this is brought to you by rugged evolution beer care rugged is the new smooth so look i'm so excited for this conversation man because i get to have i got family on with this time i he, he's a first time guest uh but he's no stranger to i guess you know people that are familiar with you know myself my work you know the in, in your city show everything man i got my bro comedian Sirock fox on and we gonna chop it up about some 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 pretty interesting stories happening really in the comedy world i really want to talk to him about the state of comedy and uh uh just i mean current day stuff what he has going on and uh, like I said, a, a couple of trending stories. I'm talking about uh, Dave Chappelle is in the news, as well as Marlon Wayans. Two different conversations, but kind of all in relation to one specific comedian that had a viral interview. So, again, I'm so hyped to have this gentleman on. He is a comedian, TV producer, a director, actor. He is co-host of the number one Sunday uh, radio show in your city. And he's also the host of the very uh, uh, also popular, everybody's talking about it, called The Full Package, which is a singing songwriting competition uh, that is uh, that I'm also happy to be a part of it. But uh, this guy, like I said, man, he's he's family. So excited to have him on. And without further ado, let me go ahead and introduce this brother. Comedian Ciroc Fox. Comedian Ciroc Fox. That's hey, right. That's right. Hold on. Hold on. on I got man. something for you. Hold on. What's there happening? we go. There we go. Oh, Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. You know I had a live audience. Yeah. Where know. did where did you have all these people at? Where did they where did they come from? Stop, stop asking questions. Stop asking questions. Stop asking questions. Uh, <laughs> Look, fam, what's going on with you, man? How's everything going? I'm I'm chilling, man. I'm relaxing. I'm having a great time. Uh, I had to, you know, we've done virtual interviews before, and so since this is the Eric Gavin's podcast, I decided, you know what, I'm gonna put away the drugs. I'm gonna put away the. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, that. normally my background it'd be some like new painting of some naked yeah, black woman. Yeah, it'll be titties. It'll be titties in the backgrounds. I, I was expecting yeah, yeah, yeah. titties, so, but it's okay. No, no, no. I wanted like let me add some class. You know, let me let me let me cover up my nipples, put on something, and uh, you know, show some respect for my boy. So you know, I truly do. appreciate it. As you know, Sarah, <laughs> this is about the nicest I've been to you because people, if they're familiar with our radio show, you know, we got a different relationship. We got love hate. You're very disrespectful. You're very disrespectful. And uh, you know what? I blame your age. I blame your age. You're oh, young. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> there we go. See, fam. I try you to be nice to this You don't respect brother. your elders at all. You don't respect look, your elders. At look, all. See, when you bring niggas on your show, I tell you, that's what I'm talking about. When you bring man look look we are like i said i've known you for so for so long man like i mentioned to the folks truly truly talented person one of the probably the funniest person that i know and i and i truly mean that funniest person i know uh we also we co-host in your city uh which is yeah, honestly yeah. like one of the most probably the most talked about radio show on wnsb hot 91 the soul Take of the over taking that's right, over that's in a good right. way in positive ways and good vibes yeah absolutely absolutely and look man this is not gonna be the last time you coming on the show so i, I want to kind of give the folks at least the Aaron gavin podcast audience a little bit about you man uh you know went as far as like how long has the career been for you in comedy um so comedy I, are we going like when i first touched uh like an open mic or are we just going like as a professional paid like my first I'll paid gig well, I mean, both, both. Give us some details. 
Um, so I guess my first time on like doing anything stand up related. Um, so that's probably what, 2012? I wanna say 2012. And then uh when I first really started popping and going hard was mm-hmm. like 2015 and that's when I started getting paid for everything. Um and okay, never looked okay. back ever since. But yeah, uh yeah, man, comedy story. been I started in the West Coast. So, you know, I started over at the comedy store in La Jolla, uh wow. California. A uh, place called The Hole in the Wall. I did a few. I did the Hard Rock Cafe in L.A. Like, so it just a bunch of open mics on the West Coast. It got me interested. And then when I came to the East Coast, I blew up the game. That's what I'm talking about, man. So, how like, how was that transition when you initially said, okay, look, I'm doing great on the West Coast. Uh, You know, how was that transition? Did you, like, second guess yourself and say, you know what, if I'm popping over here, why stop, you know, why stop winning? Let me just stay here. Because, I mean, it's almost well, like starting fresh, right? When you go to different, yeah, you know. Well, the original uh, the original plan was to start fresh. So okay. the whole idea was to start fresh. It just wasn't Virginia. It wasn't the East Coast. Um, mm-hmm. We were coming from California. I just ended my military contract, uh, honorably discharged, and we ended up going to Atlanta. And so Atlanta was supposed to be the place where I started going, like, professionally hard. I mm-hmm. had all my experience. You know, I, I've been to shows. I, I had people mentor me on the West Coast. And so now I got to try to find my own way in the game. And it was going to be Atlanta was the place to do it. Uh, you know, I put a lot of trust into a, a, a military buddy of mine. And it ended up, you know, biting me in the butt. And I had mm-hmm. to, you know, pack up my family and just move overnight to Virginia and start completely fresh again. And um, luckily, though, moving to Virginia was probably the most financially positive thing I could have done in my life because it completely turned everything around. It took a minute, but mm. I mean, you know, you see my family, you know, yeah. that you seen what it is. So it was the greatest decision I ever made, man. East coast is the best coast for sure. When it comes to hustling and grinding for an entrepreneur, man, respect, respect. And I love how you mentioned that just the transition, how you started, how to start fresh and just taking those risks because, you know, here on the pod, I do try and throw in some gems when it comes to entrepreneurship because, you know, like all of us, man, I always say, look, I'm still a student. I'm still learning. We're all still learning. I mean, you know, markets change. You don't, you don't know what the next day always, you know, comes across you and things like things in that nature. But I mean, uh, again, it's up to like, you know, guys like you and me, especially, you know, hearing us on the airways, we got to keep, you know, everybody informed when it comes to like, hey, look, this is what you got to do. I mean, you don't yeah. got to take it in consideration, but at least, you know, jot it down on notes and, you know, you continue to hear uh, stories and like the, that. The, hope the amount of next. times we had to, the amount of times we had to reinvent ourselves and re, <laughs> repackage what the company was. I mean, I didn't, we didn't start it from selling sex toys to selling live events. So it's like <laughs> the Fox Hill Studios went through a whole, t- dude. Faisal Studios, when it first started, was a different type of entertainment company. <laughs> it was a different type of entertainment company. I wish I had the logo, the first logo to share with people, because it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. I predicted it. Oh, and you know what, folks? You know, for the listeners and the viewers out here that are tuned into the pod, one thing, you know, you have to know about Ciroc and I, so we each had our own you know, platform when it came to like, you know, as far as digital shows. So I yeah. had, um, you know, initially our smooth club podcast. That was my, you know, that was my whole vision. And just the fact that you boom, having a platform with all with different, really just men from different backgrounds, different age groups, uh, you know, just chopping it up, right. Talk, talking about, you know, everyday conversations yeah. and, uh, so rock, you know, happened to be 
uh, a person I was interested in having on as a guest because we started to incorporate guests on the podcast. And Ciroc mm-hmm. was hosting a show called In Your City, which was a late night talk show vibe, man. It was very successful. Had, I mean, stars, comedians, actors, business people. I happened to be a guest on his. He was a guest on mine initially. Um, you know, Ciroc came on and I'm like, Who, this man came with makers, Mark, shoot, glitter. I'm, I'm dressed to yeah, a T and I'm like, his own glass, glass you know. I, I felt some type of way because I'm like, I had. Uh, I'm good. So I'm, I'm like, all right. We were right, new. Then. We were we were new acquaintances then. I, I don't trust people. Glasses. No. I don't trust. I ain't trying to get drugged up and dragged out and have ketamine in my system. I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm not trying to do it, bro. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you ain't gonna uh, drag me off set. That's uh, that's that's oh, that's, that <laughs> that sounds kind of familiar. Uh, that sounds kind of familiar. Uh, shout out to our girl Michelle. Uh, <laughs> but but man, we knew we knew we both were like, hey, look, we had we had a vision where we wanted to see our platforms go, man. And again, yeah. folks that are you know in business, man, we took that leap of faith and say, you know what? How about we merge it together? How about we start something together and let's see how it goes, man. So now you got. Uh, you know, our smooth club presents in your city, and we're a radio show. We were on, we were on a a local uh t- TV as well here, Sky Four. Uh, for about we did about eight episodes there for a season, and we know we haven't gave up on heading back to TV, but right now, you know, radio has been treating us good, and um, again, like we get great reviews from it and all that great stuff. So again, I just wanted to kind of give the folks a little bit of you know background about you, man, and uh, and you know, let's get let's get on to some of these some of these stories. So. Uh, and if you again, if you just now tune into the Aaron to Gavin podcast, I am your host, Aaron to Gavin. Joining me for this episode, this is episode 62. Uh, no, I, I lied. Dang, 63. Episode 63. Episode 63, 63? actually. My bad. 63, Ooh. man. It's hey, look, consistent, man. Consistency is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about it, but I, it's, it's not, this is a hobby. This is fun for me. This is so much fun. Yeah. Doing this where I get to chop it up with my friends. And, um, yeah, episode 63. Again, you can tune in, uh, Wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's iHeart, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Also, you can please subscribe to the YouTube channel, R Smooth Club Media. R Smooth Club Media. Uh, Facebook is R Smooth Club Podcast. Um, you can find us on X as well as um, as well as Rumble, too. Rumble, call in Twitter. Call in Twitter. X is crazy to be, man. It's I know. I'll, it's like I want to say like formerly known as Twitter, but I mean, Twitter, X, everybody know, you know what we're talking man. about. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. X. I X can't get used X. to it. It's hard. It, it was is already hard. it was already popping on porn wise, but I mean it's just <laughs> man, this man, this man. They just one thing about Sirac, Sirac is nasty. Sirac, I, like I say on the radio show, no, stop on, being Twitter, nasty. Huh, huh. That's not me. Twitter is just like that. You could be following a congressman, and then in his con- comments, it's gonna be somebody popping it open. <laughs> Have you ever been? Swallowed? I'm telling you. Swallowed. Swallowed. But look, man, we had we look, we had a we had a fairly popular episode uh not too long ago on our radio show where even like folks were saying, Hey, are you a, you and Ciroc cool? And I'm like, why wouldn't we be cool? Like we, you know, we had we had the airways, you know, we had the people. Which talking. is crazy because me and Cam fight way more on the air and no one asked us our, our relationship status. Like no one <laughs> me and Cam argue almost every episode about something. But they don't never say nothing. We you know disagree what? on one subject one time. <laughs> it was so rare, and I, it was so funny. But it was it was a it was one of our memorable uh, moments, I think, for our show because you know, obviously, as friends, you know, we agree to disagree. We were talking about 
Cat, uh, Cat Williams. Cat Williams was on Club Shay Shay, and it was an interview that has since probably have over 50 million views easy. I mean, it still continue to climb. And he was on Club Shay Shay hosted by Shannon Sharp. And, you know, Cat Williams had went off. He he exposed a lot of shit when it came in the comedy world and uh, uh, directed to comedians, guys like Steve Harvey, guys like uh, uh, Cedric, Cedric the Entertainer. Ricky, uh, Ricky Smiley, uh, Michael Blacks, Faison Love, uh, uh, Kevin Hart. Like he named a lot of individuals, and uh, you know, we 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 had our we had our uh, opinion on the whole thing, man. And since since not just that conversation, but really since that interview, any new stuff in your realm in comedy, kind of like has it been kind of iffy in the comedy Actually, world in a sense. So I, my opinion on a few things hasn't changed mm -hmm. but my outlook on the aftermath aftermath has mm -hmm. now originally i said about well let's take it back let's take it back let's take yeah. it back. let's mm -hmm. just get into it so the big debate right now is what dave Chappelle was calling out cat williams for which is yes. you don't take another man's you know you don't block another man from getting his dollar like that yeah. ain't that ain't player like yeah. yeah state your grievance but when you cross the realm of affecting a person's money you know, it's kind of disrespectful and mm -hmm. that you don't need to be doing that. And so my opinion on that is, and I hate to say this because Dave Chappelle, my number one comedian, he's on the top of my list. Like he's number one for me, mm. but he's wrong because when the last time you mentioned some of these comedians, when the last time you really talked about Faison in the comedy aspect, you know what I mean? When the last time you brought up Earthquake, it is legend as he is, as plus, mm -hmm. as, as, as talented as an amazing comedian as he is when the last time his name has been talked so much in mainstream mm. media conversations and then when the last time you watched the steve harvey special a cedric the entertainer special uh uh, uh you know the, i think what cat williams did was like the fire under a lot of big whales in the game mm. and he lit a fire under the ass but what he also did was lit a fire under the consumer's ass and yeah. he made millions upon millions of people not only spread like wildfire across uh, Shay Shay's podcast, mm -hmm. but amongst everyone's content. I bet you Steve Harvey haven't seen numbers in his, his specials uh, as far as streaming-wise like this in a long, 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 long time. <laughs> and no one would be checking for him if Cat hasn't said what he said. Cat put a bag in everybody's pocket that he mentioned. Everybody, mm. Cat put a bag in. Whether it was positive or negative, he put a bag in everybody's pocket, and that's what it was. I mean, it was funny. He called out some grievances. He mm -hmm. didn't hurt nobody's money wise. Now, I still say, will Cedric be looked at the same? No, I don't think Cedric. And that's what our original, our big, like our mm -hmm. our, our biggest disagreement was: Will Cedric Entertainer be looked at the same? Will Steve Harvey be looked at the same? Will we yeah. still look at Mike? Uh, Ricky Smiley and think, oh, he's a good actor. I don't, but <laughs> you are right. You are right when you say these are talented people. These yeah. are talented people. My view of them is slurred, but mm -hmm. these are talented mm -hmm. people, and they are going to continue to make money off of all the things that they did in the past because one ultra mega comet came mm -hmm. and hit the comedy realm and blew it all up. Man, I mean, you're you're right, a hundred percent. Uh, you know, uh, agree with you on that one, man. And you're absolutely right when it came to Cat. Really, but but you know, it's so interesting the fact that you said that. Good or bad, he put money in their pocket, which is interesting because again, 
for I'll say for like I don't know. I feel as though it might have it might have gave them some more exposure, but like how you mentioned, it's going to be hard for Cedric or Ricky to try and to try and get used to like the newer audience now, the younger audience, and be like, "Hey, look, can yeah. I do this?" And because they're going to look at you like, "Man, who jokey took this time? Who jokey took this time?" I mean, again, I've, I've shared about steve harvey i mean you know all up to him as a businessman but he's just ne- he's never been my cup of tea when it came to comedy i just never you know i never found him like hilarious like that like i wouldn't pay money to see him you know his stand-up um you know the other main you know fellas yeah i pay, I pay some money to see him uh Faison, i mean like he said phase never had a spe- <laughs> everybody has he ever had a special for real though i haven't I found really, it yet i i you know what the only great i didn't look hard though Faison, i didn't look hard the only thing I can recall seeing Faison being involved in was uh, Shaq's uh, All Star, like Shaq's comedy um, All Star uh, Jam. And Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, usually during the All Star season, he will always host like these like big comedy shows. Um, yeah. He's had Monique host before. He's had Dio Hughley. He's had Mike Epps host before. He's had Cedric host. I think the very first one. This was back when like Nelly and Ashanti was first involved, like in the old days. So. Um, mm-hmm. uh, in the past, he had Faison host, but I've never seen. I I can't say I've ever seen Faison uh, host a special, and it's hard because I mean we we know guys like like TK Kirkland got plenty of special. He's an independent comedian. I mean he and he yeah. he you know he does a hell of a Yo. job. We talking about one of the great. Oh my god! But uh, yeah, I, I never seen Faison with a special. Uh, same with uh like Ricky Smiley. Ricky might have had one special that I can recall, and he's supposed to be having one later on in this year. Which I mean that would be good to. To kind of see what his material is going to be talking but yeah, about. Yeah, so now all eyes is going to be on it. Do you think before Cat Williams said all this, would people really be listening hard to a Ricky Smiley stand-up comedy special? Because I know no, I wasn't. I know I, I, I would say no because I feel as though Ricky's always catered to one base. Like I mean, I just I don't see a lot of white oh, people. Church ladies. Yeah, like I just I feel like he always had a cleaner crowd. I'm sorry if you hit a I'm sorry you hit a rattle. You see this you see this guy? So he's trying to say he trying to act professional. I didn't eat. This man got some. It's cool. I it's did, cool. It's fine. I didn't, it's fine. I didn't eat yet. It's I didn't okay. eat okay. yet. Mm-hmm. And he got some cookies. <laughs> Are them cookies? Are them cookies I see in there? Demar cookies. I have children. You know that, Arrington. That is true. That is true. <laughs> you know I have you know I have children. This is oh, what those cookies are for. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Uh, but no, like Ricky, Ricky always had that that you know main demographic, uh, black. But I feel like all black people should have known somewhat of Ricky. But I think it was based on his radio show. His radio show was extremely successful. So a lot of people know him as a as a uh, radio personality rather than a, a stand up um, comedian. Wait, he does, he does have a funny segment, uh, the prank calling. So yes, and uh, yeah. Steve Harvey has a funny t- radio show too. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. they do have funny actions and funny like. They say funny things, mm-hmm. but I would say though I don't in, know about stand up. I would say for Ricky though, I feel as though Ricky does a little more involved with his comedy on his radio show than Ricky because Ricky got about eight other co hosts on that Steve. show. Steve, you I'm sorry, Steve. Steve. Steve, yeah, Steve has like eight other co hosts on that show. Three of them I know for sure are comedians. You got nephew Tommy. I know you got. Oh God, you got um. Oh. Uh, Jay Anthony Brown, he used to be on the Tom Jordan now, show. Mister, watch out there now. Jay Anthony Brown is hilarious. That's a that's a. I see, I, I see another. Hand. <laughs> is that one? Is that is that the missus? Was that the missus? Was that the missus? 
but yeah, Janity Brown. So I don't see how Steve Harvey can't attract can attract so many talented stand up comedians mm. and not want to hit the stage himself. Like I don't see how he can just say that that's done. No and matter how that. how high you get. I and I agree with you on that one because I feel as though in in you know stand up comedians will do stand up just like the length of a golfer. Like you got golfers in their 70s still doing stand up. You got comedians mm-hmm. doing stand I mean uh oh god so, it was somebody Garland. I'm I'm forgetting his name. Um but uh George no George Carl I'm forgetting his name. I'm not going to mess it up, but he was um he was a legend and he I want to say at least did it in until his 70s, right? Maybe early 70s, mm-hmm. mid 70s. Uh so I mean people can extend to do it for a long time. The fact oh, that he yeah. stopped like at he might have stopped at like 32 years, 31 years, like a weird number. Um, but I mean, Steve is he's he has a realm where it's like, hey, look, I got game shows, I got this, I got that. Hey, he, you know, or, but I, or it mm-hmm. proves Cat's point that he was never a good stand-up comedian. That you is true. I mean? It that can prove Cat's point that he got out the game when he knew he should. Once he started getting TV shows and hosting mm-hmm. gigs, and I know my son is annoying with all that noise, but don't worry, we're going to push through He's it. fine. He's perfectly fine. <laughs> He's perfectly fine, man. Once Steve had got those deals, mm-hmm. I mean, and you know you're not as talented at this one particular thing, mm-hmm. why not hop out before somebody find out? That's why true. not shave That's your true. head bald before somebody find out that the hair piece is there? Why not get off the stage before someone finds out that you've been stealing the majority of your hard-hitting jokes. And that's crazy. And I think it's sad, the fact that, you know, they resurface old interviews with uh, Mark Curry talking about it. But the fact of the matter is, it's like, okay, they look at who's more superior when it comes to their pocket, when it comes to, uh, you know, success. They look at, they're going to believe the person that's up here and think of Mark Curry. Mark Curry is a legend. People forget, like, hang on, Mr. Cooper was the shit, okay? and Mr. Cooper was the vibe. And he just disappeared, and I never understood why he got buried. And it's it is it it is is sad because now it's like, but you know what though? I think that I think for one, Cat really helped Mark Curry, even though he was already you know he still tours. But um, mm-hmm. I do think that you know boosted up his you know notoriety and exposure because you know Cat acknowledged people that needs you know as, as well deserve. It's like hey no. Uh, he ne- he had nothing to say about DL, which I which I respect for that because DL is one of my top tier ones. Um, he didn't say anything bad about Dave Chappelle, which that's what I want to come back to the Dave Chappelle uh, thing because I pulled up the article right here, and um, it's this is reported by Variety and it's titled "Why Are You Drawing Ugly Pictures of Us?" Now I'm gonna have some things that I disagree with Dave Chappelle on, so with, I'm gonna kind of find what he had said. Um, okay, he said, "What part of the game is this?" He only either. Uh, excuse me, he only ethered niggas. He didn't say anything about any ethered. of these white boys. Ethered? Is that <laughs> what it is? Ethered. <laughs> oh, you know, it's been a while since I've been in school. I ain't know what the hell that word was. I'm over it here. It ain't it ain't a it's it's a street word. Don't, don't think <laughs> Oh, oh, is that what it is? I you know, you know yeah. I'm from the burbs. You know I'm from the burbs. I, ethered. Like, I he like he basically saying cat only dug into I got know, you, I got you, I got you. Um, he didn't. He didn't say anything to these white boys. None of these white boys function like that. Chappelle said. So then it says, "Cat's one of the best painters in the game." So why are you drawing ugly pictures of of us? Stop now. Normally during like you know small shows like that, they always will you know tell people, "Hey, don't bring out your cameras and this and that and the other." So I mean, I right. can't say like Chappelle wanted to 
you know, go viral like that. But he just said, hey, look, I'm saying this in the mix of, you know, in this room. This um, I think, yeah, later on he said, uh, hurt people, hurt people, but I am hurt. I'm, I am a hurt person that never hurt people, and he does it all the time. Fuck this one, fuck that one, fuck this one, Chappelle said, impersonating uh, Cat Williams. But, nigga, I, I didn't hear anything that you did wrong. He didn't do nothing wrong. Cat didn't do nothing wrong. Cat was talking about shit that niggas did to other niggas, but not, but not about anything that niggas did to him. Now that's where I disagree with uh, Dave Chappelle because uh-huh. obviously he was respond. Cat was responding to Cedric the Entertainer about the whole you know taking a joke. So that was one. And then on top of that, he was also responding to what Ricky Smiley said too. Ricky uh-huh. didn't really. He didn't make a personal attack to Cat, but he just, he was just trying to give him the correct version of what what well. Ricky was really talking about. So, you know, in a sense, you know, in a sense like that, I disagree with uh, with Dave. But though I do, I mean, I disagree with Dave, but I do agree with the fact that hey, look, comedy is not just black people. Let's be honest. I mean, there's there, you got white right. comedians, you got Matt Rife, you got Joe Cole, you got uh, of course the. Uh, um, uh, um, well, Gary Owen, but I know he had, I think mentioned about Gary Owen. It's more. a lot of them, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of them, but um, but you know, in a sense, was Dave Chappelle somewhat right? The fact that man, I mean, don't go on a social media platform to say this, shit. I mean, go you know, kind of go you know, behind closed doors and talk amongst personally because now it's like you're causing separation within the community. Of yeah. I mean, w- I mean, what's your take on like you know, Dave Chappelle? Uh, so uh, comments. It's, it's it's a complicated answer. So it's a three part. Hopefully, I can. I'm freestyling. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, forgive me if I slip up a little bit or make a mistake. So part one out of the three parts, mm-hmm. we have to first call out Dave Chappelle for being a slight hypocrite because he called out two people who he said jokingly or not stole his show. Remember when he was came back from the hiatus and he was talking, mm-hmm. to, you know, he was he was playing around a little bit and he was like, "Yeah, I had to watch these two brothers do my show in front of, yep, in front of yep, millions yep, to make the yep. money that I was." You know what I mean? Yep. So it's like, although you wasn't as negative as Cat, although mm-hmm. you wasn't as confrontational, although you wasn't as loud, mm-hmm. you were still doing it. You were still calling out people who stole your jokes. You were calling out people who stole your concepts. You were calling out people who stole your show's ideas. You were calling out a lot of people who done you wrong. And mm-hmm. was moving like snakes in the industry affecting other people. You were mm-hmm. calling out your environment, which brings me up to my point, uh, my second point. You call out the things that you see. You call out the things that's around you and your environment. Saying that Cat Williams didn't call out the white folks, it's like saying NWA wasn't calling out the meth dealers in Arkansas. You know what I mean? Like NWA wasn't around the meth dealers in Arkansas, so they can't rap about the meth dealers in Arkansas. They was around the niggas selling crack in L.A., so they was talking about the niggas selling crack in L.A. Cat Williams is not around Joe Coy. Cat Mm -hmm. Williams isn't Mm -hmm. around the cable guy. So how yeah. can he comment and complain about them stealing material and doing other people dirty when that's not his environment? His environment mm-hmm. is amongst black creatives. And unfortunately, there's some black creatives on that list. And this moves on to my third part, that are bullies. Do you just let these people roll over you because they're the same color as you? 
No, mm. I'm not gonna let you punk me off my platform, punk me from, rob me of my art. And mm -hmm. then because we're the same color, I'm not gonna say nothing about it to the public because I don't want all black people to look bad. Fuck that. You steal mm -hmm. from me, I'm not only gonna take it back, I'm not only gonna put a stamp on it to say it's mine, but I'm gonna tell the other niggas that's around me, this is a thief. This nigga stole from me. This is mine. I don't give a damn about black unity at this point in time. This mm -hmm. person, this human, black, pink, yellow, green, stole my art. Fuck them. That's just how it is. And then mm -hmm. afterwards, we can talk about black unity. But kick this nigga out the unity circle until he apologizes <laughs> and get my shit back. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. All for, I'm all for black people looking good. I'm all for mm -hmm. us coming together and doing what's right and building with, you know, building that what we always talk about. Those cliche words where it's like build generational wealth, build, rebuild yeah. Black Wall Street. All these things are possible. But it's like, but it's like when you see something wrong, you like, you have to acknowledge it. You can't just let it slide. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You can't yeah. just let yeah. it slide because they, yo, they just saying, nah, yeah. bro, give yeah. me my shit back. Yeah. And I think, honestly, I think like, 15 years ago, Dave Chappelle would say something differently because I feel as though now, let's be honest, Dave Chappelle is killing it. Like ever, ever since his first special on Netflix, Dave has been kicking ass. Like, I'm sorry, but you know, Kevin Hart is the shit, but Dave Chappelle has been destroying it. Most like, definitely. I mean, I mean, $60 million here from Netflix, another $60 million for some more specials, creating his own specials for, you know, for uh, Lunel and uh, uh, Earthquake. I mean, he's obviously more, he's he's a he's a person where everybody's going to come to him with answers. And it's almost like he's like the LeBron. He's like the LeBron. Everybody's going to come, hey, LeBron, what do you think of uh, uh, the shooting that happened in such and such state? What do you think about Cat Williams' interview? What do you think about, he's going to have to represent a full community. So he's like, okay, look, let me say some kind words and not be as, not come across as, oh, I'm in all agreement with Cat. Because let's be honest, Cat's Cat's brand has always been controversial. That's It's nothing new. That's that's always been Cat. Cat will tell you right now, when I started, uh, I was here to tell the truth. <laughs> I, I, started, I started off by, you know, if I saw something wrong, I'm going to say something about it. And that's always been his brand. And that's why people, I think, continue to support Cat because, like you had mentioned, Cat's an independent uh, uh, comedian. He's not he's not a corporate guy. He's independent all all the way. This this does someone take a does someone um this uh, dude dude <laughs> man you say you just got a puppy stick with him <laughs> stick with him don't rush nothing don't oh, rush nothing because if you just don't rush nothing but i'm following you don't worry i haven't lost a beat of the conversation <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh i love it i love it well look man so moving on to another story uh still you know still somewhat involving cat and we had the conversation on um on in your city uh because uh cat had brought up um i think you know the whole wearing a dress in hollywood in certain roles and i'm gonna see if this yeah. i can get this audio because marlon waynes another comedian actor known from the waynes family uh you know really has historic legendary uh entertainment fam uh this man eat this cookie oh god i'm, I'm scared i'm scared it's for my <laughs> took... kids it's okay. for my kids Aaron. <laughs> i'm sorry I, you you took that cookie like i'm like okay you about to do so <laughs> let me go ahead and see if i can find this video of uh let's see let's see let's see here so a while back 
This is Marlon Wayne's talking about what now? This is Marlon Wayne's giving his response on the whole uh, wearing a dress. I'm going to try and see if dress I can pull thing. up the. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can pull up. Well, the considering audio. he made white chicks, he definitely going to be against that comment. That comment. <laughs> All right, let's see if I can pop that bad boy up. All right, see if we can hear this, folks. Give me a second. Oh, we buffering. Uh oh. Where is that Norfolk? Because that's Norfolk. Back it's there. a. It's a. Oh, there we go. It's a negative oh. thing that is only in black people. We have, for some reason, been programmed to look down on the craziest parts about our experience that we're supposed to not embrace our past, not embrace our history, not embrace our heroes, not embrace our different levels of comedy, that we have to be this way. When Robin Williams puts on a dress and is Mrs. Doubtfire, he gets nominated for an Oscar and white people think it's brilliant. His community embraces him. When Dustin Hoffman puts on a dress in Tootsie and he wins an Oscar, he's labeled brilliant. When black people put on dresses, all of a sudden we're labeled by our own people like something negative. And I'm like, we did White Chicks. That's a classic movie. Mm -hmm. It's a classic. I don't care what nobody says. No, it's no. a classic. Everyone says it's a classic. That whole thing about, you know, you put on a dress and you selling out, that, that is not an artist's mindset. When you are an artist, you know, you go out and you create art. What about the you know, the black man putting on a dress conversation? You talking to all right? I'm gonna take this uh, take that out. Okay. So look, so what was your what was your thoughts on um, you know, on that? What's what's your what's your thoughts on what what uh Marlon Wayans okay. had to say about that? So let's not pretend. And I know I know there's going to be people who immediately turn this off as soon as I say it. But let's not pretend like. <laughs> The feminization of black men has not been a real life thing. Making black men seem more docile, safe, reined in, collared. Uh, uh, I can say more words to trigger more people if I really want to. That agenda is and used to be a huge thing. Now, is mm -hmm. it the same now? in subtle ways but it's probably not as deep as it was back in the day so that's mm -hmm, one mm -hmm. but two the general black population is not necessarily saying it's tired of seeing black men in dresses it's saying that it's tired of seeing black men in dresses when it's a four storyline that has no comedic value to it mm -hmm. white chicks as much as i didn't like the movie it may it was comedically funny you see mm -hmm. these two black brothers pretending to be undercover, da da da. It like they made the story make sense. You mm -hmm. get what I'm saying? Medea, mm -hmm. on the other hand, Medea, <laughs> you could have found a Medea. You didn't have to be in the dress. Mm -hmm. You didn't mm -hmm. have to be in the dress. You could have found a Medea. I know 78 Medeas. 70. I know so many people who could have played that role. Uh, there's times where, you know, you get sketch comedy where the the joke could have been just as funny in normal clothes. But for some mm -hmm. reason, they put in this guy. It's just a hack. It's a it's a ran down joke that, quite frankly, the the general public is tired of seeing done. Like we're tired of seeing it. We've been doing it for years. 
It's so, old news. So to kind of play devil's advocate on the Medea one, now the the director, the producer, you know, the writer of the whole Medea series is the man is the person that played Medea. So right, could you can't? I mean, could you really say like? It wasn't like, you know, people forced Tyler Perry to put on a dress like Tyler Perry chose to bring that character out because it was more it was relatable in the black culture. Medea you know was I mean? an accident. Medea was an accident. Medea started the first time he did it. Mm-hmm. it. She was only supposed to have one little small part in a play. This is in his own Medea. This Medea story is in Tyler Perry's own like document mm-hmm. docu. What is it on Netflix or something? Oh, uh, uh, it- how Medea started up. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You say what? Amazon. Amazon. So there's a documentary on Amazon about, you know, Tyler Perry, and he explains mm-hmm. the whole Medea rise. Mm-hmm. And initially, Medea was just supposed to be a supporting character, minimalistic, one scene, you wasn't going to see him again, right? Mm-hmm. But something, mm-hmm. happened, something happened with another character, and he had to stretch, and it became a, a thing. Mm-hmm. When he originally mm-hmm. put on the dress, he didn't need to. When he originally mm-hmm. had the character... He didn't have to be in that dress at all. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He mm-hmm. could have got anybody else to play that Medea role, and, and it just would have been it. It was just that he felt like putting this, like he thought it would add comedic value. Mm-hmm. And this time, yeah, it worked. It struck gold. It, just, it struck gold. Let, let's not play like Medea ain't worth no money. Yeah, I'm about to However, say, Medea, made, Medea, Medea done produced a billionaire. I mean, let's, you know, Tyler Perry got I, a fucking <laughs> studio. <laughs> right. Medea made a lot of money for him. I get it. Mm-hmm. But the original, the original idea of it was unnecessary. Mm, it was unnecessary. Mm, you didn't have to do it, and that's what we're tired of. Now that was a long time ago, so yeah. he's grandfathered in, obviously. But we're talking about today. Me and you do a movie about undercover, you know, cops or something. Mm-hmm. We can do that whole movie without without having to put on a dress and you know get raped and demasculated and all this other stuff. We can still make a funny movie with us being cops. But for some reason, it has to be one of us in a dress for some random stupid reason mm, that we could have mm. did anything else other than. It's like they forcing it. Like they're forcing it because, yeah, this is guaranteed to work because it's funny. But it's mm. not. It's played out. That's my that's my thing. It's played out. Marla Wayans can say, yeah, White Chicks is a classic. But how many times have we been seen White Chicks or some version? Did well, and it's like that. It's like White Woman before. Uh, no, he but he, he dressed up as a he dressed up as a white guy though on on the show. He dressed up as all the um, white guy. <laughs> he, that that shit that character was funny. That was funny. He dressed like a Jamie like Foxx did Wanda. Jamie Wanda, Fox did that's Wanda. what he did. Yeah, he did Wanda. He uh, did Wanda. Martin uh, Lawrence did Shanae. Did yeah, Big Martin Mama's Lawrence did Shanae. So it's like, all right, you did Shanae. Shanae mm-hmm. was funny. You mm-hmm. did Big Mama's house. Okay, that was funny. There was no reason to be Big Mama too. Big Mama 2 is just too much. At this point, you like it. Like, at this point. <laughs> you you like having it some gotta, titties, don't you, Jamal? You like Yeah, at this titties. point, we got to chill. <laughs> We're just tired of it. It's not even necessarily what I, the majority, I don't think, thinks the same way as that whole de- demasculation of, of black men. I think mm, the majority mm. is just sick and tired of it. And then the rest, the percentage is like, all right, I'm tired of seeing us brothers in dresses. And I kind of no. am too, man. I'm kind of. No. T- I'm just. No. I, no. I, I agree. I agree. I. You know. I. You know. I. I always love to ask the question because it's like, okay, 
when did you know when did it first get frustrated and what's the you know what's the reason why it's like okay this is a major topic this is a major conversation and i mean you, you put in some great points with the fact of demasculization and then on top of that you know it i'll just say for like you know for people in hollywood or for people that create films you know they're embarrassing our accomplished black actors right our black entertainers that are really really successful and they could do other stuff they don't have to put on a dress they don't have to put on a wig give them something else because you know yeah they're just showing their versatility but it's a played out uh it's a played out role which i mean that's another conversation for another time because we see right now movies are suffering movies are not movie theaters are not suffering the fact that people are just not going because of streaming services movies suck I'm, in my opinion movies like these are bad movies are bad the theme is old every i mean tom cruise is doing like what mission impossible 500 fast and furious is on about their three thousands, you know series like it's just and eh. it's like people are tired of it it's people are tired of the same old same old so why how you don't expect people to be tired of dresses i mm. personally will never watch another slave movie again i oh. am done I would never you watch another one. slave movie, you know, and I'm, I'm just using that, that as a parallel example that I'm tired of seeing Brothers in Chains. I'm sick of it. I'm sick. I would. I. I just knew by then, by now, we were going to have uh, uh, some type of slave movie where mm. the slaves just go crazy and kill all the white people, and it has never happened. So I'm giving up. I don't want no more slave movies. I'm done. I mean, you I'm tired I mean, of Power you, Ranger, you, look, Marvel, you're around all the shit. <laughs> <laughs> look, you you a writer, so why don't you put that film together? Why don't you start pitching that? Not no slave movie. I'm done. I'm I'm telling you, I'm tired of seeing dirty niggas. I'm tired. <laughs> I want to see bathed, well dressed, black people, well dressed. We you about to get kicked out? All seriously, we about to lock him in a room like Cinderella. That is, that is great <laughs> parenting here on the Aaron Together. You know what? The uh, the choices of uh, expressions and words that are brought on this show does not define. Mm -mm, that's good parenting uh, right there. They need to know. You're going to get kicked out if you don't listen. <laughs> um. Yeah. How old is your son again, uh, by the way, Sirach? One. Oh, okay. I, I just wanted yeah. to. Okay. He's, this man he's is applying for like a he's... worker's permit. He's applying for a worker's permit next month. I'm pretty excited about it. He's almost two, so that's why he could get it. I, I got you. I got you. I, you know yes. what? I. It's been a while since I read the rules, how that goes. I, you know, Everybody in the rules. Fox house got a job. Everybody in the Fox household got to work. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Jackson, my ass. I'm the <laughs> <to> Rock Fox. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Man, look, man, great, look, great insight. I look. I, like I said, man, you gonna keep on coming on the show because we get, we can talk forever. But uh, but no, I yeah, I can imagine my opinions ain't too popular though. I mean, you know, I, I gotta say my opinions probably ain't popular. It's probably people who love white chicks and want to see Marlon Wayans in a dress again. But you, but you know me what? Personally, though, I I I would say this is you know for coming from Marlon is he hasn't done another dress like a woman role since white chicks. So I mean, to speak on just that one role. Mm -hmm. I mean, Marlon is like, come on. I mean, it's you're you're, you're speak you're speaking about like you said. It, it had a funny you know gaff to it. It had a funny theme to it. It worked. Yeah. Um. Obviously, it won't work in today's era because you know we got the cancer culture and everything. Well, that kind of that that takes me to like kind of like the last uh um the last thing I wanted to talk with you about Ciroc. How how would you define like the state of comedy today? Because you know you still cancel culture hasn't died. Um. Yeah. You got so many sensitive ass people 
out there. I mean, obviously, we yeah. talked about on the radio show before. I'm surprised we ain't never get uh, booted off, but we still on the, we still on air. We still on air. But you have so many, you know, groups protesting of this and that and the other. I mean, hell, Netflix tried to kick off uh, Dave Chappelle because Dave Chappelle comes after a certain group in his specials and go- goes after him hard. Um, you yeah. know, like what's what's your what's what, how's the state of comedy in your in your opinion uh, happening? You know how it is right now. So I've been tapped into the post since 2012, and I can unequivocally say that the stock in good stand-up comedians have never been higher. Mm. Have never mm. been higher. If you are a good stand-up comedian, you don't even need a comedy club. That is the best part about it. You don't need to do the same thing that the old school comedians used to do. The old school comedians used to find a circuit, work a circuit, get promoted to the next. You on a chicken circuit, chicken uh the the chitlin circuit, you get pro, you work your way up to uh, you know a chain comedy club like uh Funny Bone or you mm-hmm. know you you work through the Funny Bone or you work through the Laugh Factory, you you work through these chains and then you get boosted up to you know da 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 da. But mm-hmm. now the way the game is set up, you can never step into a comedy club and pull two, three, four thousand dollars a show, and. Mm-hmm. That's off good business, good business sense, and you know hard work ethic and a great team. You know, I haven't stepped inside an actual comedy club like a real comedy club that's strictly for that. I haven't stepped inside mm-hmm. a comedy club in like two years. Wow. But I've been selling out shows. I've been on tour. We've been doing radio shows, TV shows, pilots, movies, theater. Mm. You know what I mean? And then self-produced comedy shows with, you know, uh, uh, singing artists and hip-hop artists, and we sell out. And these are 100% going back to the company. Wow. Like, I don't have no middleman. I don't have no one saying, yeah, do this show for $75 and a burger. I don't have nobody coming to my face and saying, I can't do this and can't do that because of blah, 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 blah. You only get five minutes, blah, 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 blah. No. If you're a good stand-up comedian, the mm-hmm. stock in storytelling, the stock in being able to convey a positive message or negative, depending on mm-hmm. what type of comedian you are, mm-hmm. is at an all-time high. You can feed your family, man, I guarantee you two, three times over. You are going to make money in this game if you're a good storyteller. Damn. So, so okay, so you answered my question in a sense because you said, you know, being a good storyteller. Would you say, would you say the fact that comedy is like you said at the highest in stock wise is because you know people are tired of the bs right people need a, something right. to like lay low and just like boom this is like my my time to you know just let loose let my head down i gotta sit back this is my comfort zone like for me like i love comedy i love all comedy. i love the most unfiltered ones that don't care i love them all and every time i mean i go to more comedy shows than i do music concerts i mean that's just the god honest truth uh, but would you would you say the fact that it's at its highest point because you know we live in a world where hey it's, it's inflation people are you know not doing so good as far as like you know uh, providing for you know the their 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 family you know it's it's hard times right now so it's like we have to you know fall on something to help uplift us would will you kind of you know agree agree with me on that one or I think I think I do but I'm I'm not sure so I'll answer it the best way I answer it, uh, in a in a short short synopsis of what I, I'm thinking mm-hmm. and you know art in general has always been one of the most timeless 
most valuable resources, in my opinion, mm-hmm. since, you know, Eve bit the apple. Mm-hmm. So, you know, art is the only thing that transcends time. It captures whatever's happening at the moment, as well as predict the future, as well as recant the past. I mean, not recant, but repeat the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, retell the past. Mm-hmm. It's just, art is just one of those things that it'll always be around as long as the human soul is on this planet. Mm. Now, mm. I picked the artistry of comedy, but across the board, art has always been a very expensive, very lucrative, very high demand thing. Even to the point, everything that's around you right now is there because of some type of art. Everything that's in your office is created by an artist at the end of the day. You know what I mean? I'm feeding my family off art. We're producing art, you know, every week, weekly. And it's a reason why you have these people like Taylor Swift, as much as I don't like mentioning the name on your show. That's your favorite favorite girl. That's your favorite girl. What you talking about? Don't play. That's your favorite. (laughs) Yo, Sorak is a Swifty, y'all. Sorak is really a Swifty. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but you got people who haven't even been on this earth that long, like uh, XXX Tistancion. I hope I'm saying it right. The Triple X guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, these people who pass, they ca- they're called legends because of mm-hmm. the art that they created. As brief as it was, it affected millions. Yeah. Come on, we're yeah. never gonna go anywhere. I just I just think that when hard times happen. People have to resort to the foundation, you know, the mm. the you resort back to what you know. And when you were a kid, when you were a kid, when you were an adult, you know, getting stressed out, you resorted back to some type of art to whatever it was playing Anita Baker real loud and cleaning on mm. Sunday morning, whether it was taking pencil, I mean, watercolors as a kid and and putting your fingers all in it and putting it on paper. You were doing something to take your mind away or to amplify your life. Art is amazing. It's always going to be like that. So when people are going through these problems right now, stand-up comedy to me is one of the best art forms of all time, second to music. You know what I mean? Besides music, stand-up comedy is up next. Mm. And that's why I think people love us so much. I think people connect to the stories we tell wish that they can be as upfront with their pain as we are mm. and we cry laugh together man well said brother well said well look before I, before i let you go man how can people continue to you know follow support you man what you what you got going on man it's 2024 i know you're a busy guy so what, what you what you got yeah, going yeah. For? um so we headed to uh when this airing uh this will be airing tomorrow Oh, okay, bet. So yeah. we headed to Vegas to do a few things. Uh, 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 media weekend. It's gonna be amazing. We're gonna pop in and out of a few places. Say hi to new fans. Um, I'm going with my wife and our girlfriend, and we're doing new TikTok content. So make sure you follow me at the Real Sirac or Sirac Fox. You Google Sirac Fox or or any search or anything like that. You find me S Y R O K F O double X. And um, I will pop up on that social media platform. I'm not private. Everything is in the open. And so we're going to be doing lives related to uh, polyamorous relationships and non-monogamous relationships and trying to give 
you know, the aspect of, yo, there's positive black love out there. It's just mm. not as loud. So help us make it louder. Like, that's the vibe that I want to put out. Um, me and my wife are, are going into, you know, another business together as far as that adventure. And hopefully, you know, um, we stick with it and go hard and, and improve on that aspect. So reaching out to the black love, the black love audience. I know they're out there. We just got to try to find right. them. So that's one thing. Um, I'm in a new play called, um, Saint, what is it? Losing Genesis. So I'm in a new play called Losing Genesis. So I get my theater going on soon. Um, okay. I believe that's happening in March or May. Uh, March or May. I got I to gotta double check. Go. So Let's go. Follow me at The Real Ciroc if you want to follow, follow up on. See me at a real life play. I'm playing a guy named Keith or something like that. And uh, I'm a bad boyfriend. You don't look anything like a boyfriend. Keith. I just want to let you know. That's an awful character yeah, yeah, name yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a boyfriend ever. I haven't been a boyfriend in years. That's whack. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a married man. I'm a married man. I'm, but, yo, know, I, I got the part. So, we got new play coming up. We got uh, the full package is going to start streaming soon. That's almost wrapped up. Yep, 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 yep. Um, we got some shows coming in North Carolina, some stand-up comedy shows. We got some stand-up comedy shows coming up in um, Chesapeake. Uh, we're going to be back at the Hypnotics with uh, Tranquilo. Um, Let's go. Wellness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we got some people from the full package that's actually booked from that. And my girl Stephanie, who's going to be headlining it, is going to be amazing. I'm going to be hosting. Uh, man, we got a lot of things, man. I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty blessed. I'm pretty happy. Uh, shout out to everyone who stuck with me uh, to the check clear. Thank you. Hey, man. I look and look. I gotta also toss out the fact that this man is an accomplished author, y'all. He has uh, Amazon best-selling book, uh, "Love and Schizophrenia." It's still still available. Yep, love That's and still available. Still available. Um, we got a second book coming out. It'll be. It should be finally edited by the end of the summer. Uh, and that one is a storybook, uh, a novel storybook about love and uh, non-monogamous relationships. And uh, it's pretty spicy. So if you're interested in a little love making in your pages, go ahead and get that one too. This man said love making in your pages. See, see. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this oh, guy, yeah. man. The this pages guy. is going to be sticky. You're going to be like, why are my book pages sticking <laughs> together? <laughs> we were doing so good, Ciroc. We were doing so good. But guys, I, like I say on the radio show, man, this man is just nasty. He is nasty. <laughs> but hey, like I said, he's family, man. I, You know what? It's truly, truly, uh, you know, an honor. And I'm blessed to have him as, you know, as a very dear friend, a business partner, uh, as a co-host, man. Like I said, uh, comedian Ciroc Fox, ladies and gents, I truly thank you, brother, for coming on the show. You, you look, you always invited, man. So I know you're going to be back on. Uh, be sure to continue to tune in to the Aaron to Gavin podcast, y'all, every Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time via podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from. Also on uh, YouTube, uh, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on our Smooth Club Media. Don't forget YouTube to tell them about your OnlyFans. Don't forget to tell them about your OnlyFans. Do you be leaving that out? And I'll be like, why don't he tell people about his link? Go ahead. You got it. Um, I mean, you kind of already said that, sir. I, I didn't know I had one, sir. I see. I didn't know. You know what? Where is that? Can I can I get him off the camera? Because I haven't done that. No, you I a genre. No, no, wait, no. <laughs> mm, you know you a genre. Bald and bearded? That's a whole kink. That's a whole kink. <laughs> see, y'all see what I got to deal with, y'all, every Sunday. Every Sunday at 12 p.m., y'all, in your city. Please, please, please tune into the show every Sunday, 12 p.m., WNSB 91.1 FM, the Soul of VA to In Your City, hosted by myself, my good brother, comedian Ciroc Fox, and hustle queen, Miss Michelle Young. And I can't do it without 
Also, our awesome producer, Mr. Cam Godley. And also behind the scenes, too, we got to shout out Alvin, even though Sarat be talking shit about him on the show. Uh, we got to shout out. We got to shout out Alvin. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Alvin. You Hunter, know how I feel uh, about Alvin. <laughs> This man just goes after his life like every show. I like. I, where did this come from? Um, I don't even yeah, know. You, it, I don't even know how it started. <laughs> we we don't. That's at, the thing. We don't. At this point, I'm just I'm just bullying him. I'm just bullying him at this point. It's pretty me. <laughs> you said, "What are those unzipped pockets? Get the fuck out of here!" You don't know. <laughs> Like God, what 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 happened, man? And yeah. also, y'all, if y'all not in the Hampton Roads area, no worries. If you can't find us on that radio dial, you can download the WNSB app. It's free, so you can listen wherever. And then again, you can listen to past episodes on our um on uh our uh, podcast platforms as well. So again, y'all be easy, stay blessed. Again, I want to thank my good brother, comedian Sirock Fox, for coming here on the show. Look, until next time, I'll see y'all on Friday. We out.